Welcome to Just a GP podcast. This is a COVID-19 special recorded on Friday afternoon, the 27th of March, 2020. It'll be cross-posted on The Good GP and just an awareness that any information in this episode might well be out of date by tomorrow. So just keep that in mind when you're listening. My name is Ashley Broomfield and I have my co-hosts with me, Rebecca Hoffman and Charlotte Hesby. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. This episode, uh, we're going to be doing a New South Wales and ACT update. What are we doing in our state? But let's start with the highlight of the week, Charlotte. The highlight of my week has been working at home for my non-clinical type work with my wonderful husband and my son and my nephew also working from home as well. We've had, it's sort of been nice. We've all really been productive, but we sort of come together at times and encourage each other. Fantastic. Mine has actually been also being at home, but because a lot of my activities that we usually go to have been cancelled, but hanging out with my pets. I have a bit of a menagerie at home. We've got a dog, two cats, two fish and two children and actually really cool spending time and all of them hanging out together. It's been really nice to watch. I like that the children were included in the pet category. Absolutely. (laughs) My highlight this week was... I rang my husband to say, would you like me to get some flour so we can make pizzas? And he said, I'm already cooking dinner and I've just cleaned the whole house. Oh, that was good. Amazing. So, Charlotte, can you give us a bit of an update about what's happening in New South Wales ACT and what's in the works currently? Yeah, well, you know, New South Wales ACT has been extraordinarily busy. We've had some great opportunity to work collaboratively with the AMA New South Wales, as well as the Health Pathways and also Health Direct, which has meant we've put together some really good documentation that is all aimed at assisting GPs as we navigate these extraordinarily new and, I suppose, disruptive but potentially innovative times to safely get our patients through COVID-19. So what it's meant in particular is we've been able to assist the national office in being able to produce the Australia-wide sort of health pathways framework and also the guidelines that Health Direct is being able to give out to anyone who rings for guidance. And from my perspective, this is particularly important because we wanted to make sure that everybody was singing from the same song sheet. As we all know, we all we, there's so many different people saying different things. And because each of the states does something different, we needed to make sure that what we produced was able to be adapted for each state, but at the same time had an overriding single framework. So that's happened. So if you didn't know about it, please go and find Health Pathways. There is a sheet that allows you to go and have a look at any one of them from around Australia. But if you've got your own one, go to it because it gives you localised information as well. As well as that, uh, we've been working with New South Wales Health on a daily basis, updating us on the current cases in New South Wales. Again, as many of you be aware, New South Wales has led the way, which is one time when you haven't really wanted to be leading the way, in the numbers of COVID-19 cases. And so it's been a really important partnership to know and understand both where the cases 
were coming from, what was happening with contact tracing, understanding the emerging epidemiology and being able to try and really work with New South Wales Health to improve our ability to access testing. Again, this has been a very challenging place because again, as we all know, the testing guidelines to who gets tested, where to get tested, and then having the testing done, and then the results of the testing has all been particularly difficult, hard to access, and people haven't all been abiding by the guidelines. So there's a huge amount of work that goes on behind the scenes as we try and put out little bushfires and create slippery slides to make sure things happen. And part of the wins have been, you know, healthcare worker drive-through testing centres, real work trying to make sure that all of the testing centres are working off the same guidelines, which as I'm learning, implementation of the directive from the top is not always fast nor smooth, that aside. We've continued to have fortnightly webinars, again in partnership with New South Wales Health, and we've had extraordinarily high record numbers of attendees at that, which has then meant we've learnt things like we didn't realise that our Zoom platform had a limit of a 1,000 attendees. That's because obviously we'd never actually had a webinar with more than a 1,000 attendees. We discovered that last week when we had more than 1,600 people trying to listen to the webinar. So now we have an extended licence for our platform and hopefully that won't ever happen again. We've also been working very hard to make sure that the daily email that comes out at around about eight o'clock each night with the daily update of figures and your state changes and any new resources has been updated. And that's been, again, a wonderful collaboration with all the states putting together all of that information. We have a committee called the GP Disaster Advisory Committee for New South Wales That was actually created in response to the bushfires, but disasters, as we're learning, are not confined in the Australian setting or the international setting to just being bushfires. And so we've been able to move that over now to being able to help guide us in understanding what we need at the forefront of GPs with the COVID-19. And interestingly, the disasters also aren't separated by many weeks at all either. Well, no, we sort of went straight from bushfire into floods and COVID-19. So it's really been a year where there's not been a drawing of breath from any sort of major activity and planning. And then as well as that, Anne Davis, our faculty manager, has set up a podcast for practice managers and that's called Practice That. So I would encourage anyone who doesn't know about that and has a practice manager who might be interested to go and have a listen. Again, they're less than 10-minute snaps and they're really practical things in terms of medical, legal systems, the telehealth guidance, all of that sort of thing to help guide practice managers as they assist us in, in getting through these changing times. I've also found it really useful to listen to myself. There was an episode on work cover item numbers and telehealth during the pandemic. And it was short, sharp and sweet and really gave me an idea about what the current status is and what they're working on, which was really insightful. Excellent. And then as well as that, I've had meetings with Brad Hazard, New South Wales Health Minister, to again put forward the case for why it's so important to support GPs at this time. He has been 
extraordinarily supportive of our case and is always singing our song when he's in meetings with Greg Hunt. So I've been able to have his support for letters that I've been sending on behalf of New South Wales ACT, asking for more support through Medicare items and in particular so that we can deliver better healthcare for patients who aren't COVID affected. So I think the other thing that's really been happening is a lot of media because again you probably noticed that the media are actually interested in what GPs are doing and so been doing a lot of media interviews campaigning on behalf of the provision of PPE and also trying to educate the public and the media about how this virus is spread and how we at the primary care front can actually make a difference in assisting people through this time. So it's been pretty busy. I think the other thing that we've been really trying to do is put out that public health campaign about the importance of the social distancing, the washing hands, the not touching your face, the sort of the good hygiene health and staying at home if you've got any symptoms of a cold or flu. And that's big social cultural change things. And it's really not been very well adopted. But again, I think we as a college and then we individually as GPs really need to be just singing from that song sheet constantly in order to assist people understand that this is not a joke. This is actually what they need to do. And you know, unlike Trump, who thinks that in two weeks' time it's all going to go away, the only way it is actually going to improve is if we all do all of these things that we're being asked to do. And are we seeing a drop in the reported cases recently? Uh, well, New South Wales has had, unfortunately, community transmission start to happen. There was a slight drop as we speak today in numbers, but we're actually expecting that to go up and go up probably fairly significantly because we know there's a number of little epicentres related to travellers who brought the virus in and didn't know that they were infected when they were then sort of fairly widely involved in the community. So as a result of that, we know we've got quite a lot of little hotspots all flaring up. So probably when people are listening to this, those little hotspots have come out. My understanding is that it will not be very long from when we record this to be hearing about some more significant guidance from the government about staying at home, working from home and essential services being really the the work that will be going on and other things might be curtailed more. The final thing would be just that there's the work around how we will implement flu vaccinations because As we know, we do really want to be able to minimise the risk of influenza happening at the same time. So really good guidelines have come out from New South Wales Health about how to do that. And so certainly, again, one of the I'm going to be doing is working with the pharmacists and running some webinars with them and hopefully also ensuring that they align with all of those strict guidelines about how we immunise for flu during a time of COVID-19. So Charlotte, I'm going to take your resources, health pathways that you managed earlier. Beck, have you got one? Yeah, I'm actually going to take um, my resource to be what my practice manager has done for our flu vax. And what she's done is contacted one of our local party hire places and is planning on hiring a really large gazebo 
the floor and setting it up outside of our practice so that they can also set up partitions within the gazebo and we can keep each person separate while outside of the gazebo we can have an entry and an exit from each segment of the gazebo and we can safely then do our flu vax without people having to come into the clinic. I think it's an awesome idea and a great way to support a business that otherwise would have been struggling with no bookings. And I just wanted to do a plug for the New South Wales Health COVID pages. They've been updated recently and there's multiple tabs, but it's probably easier to do Googling for the certain things that you want to look at. So I've found that Googling New South Wales Health statistics or New South Wales Health updates will take me to different pages and they've got some really interesting and useful information that's specific to our state. 